Ladies and gentlemen, good afternoon, good evening, good night, good day, wherever the hell you may be listening. Hello and welcome to episode 53 of the Moyes Health Podcast. I was planning some kind of stupid funny intro for this one, but I figured I'll just go with the standard hi. How are you? Anyways, before we get into the meat and gravy of what we're going to be up to in terms of today's episode, all entitled Getting Out of Your Own Way, I just want to say a big thank you because the response for episode 52, all about change and how difficult change is, has been awesome. And I'll be honest with you, the response for all 52 episodes so far has been awesome. I think my favorite thing is actually the people that discover the podcast like several months down the line and then to hear people come at me and go yeah i love, love episode seven or episode six etc you know that kind of i don't know there's something about it where it's organic where you found the podcast where someone has recommended it or you've done a little search and you've gone oh podcast and then you've started listening there as much as i love my guys that listen to these up to date and you know who you are i just want to say a big big thank you to everybody that's listening and like i said for the milestones that we are surpassing with the podcast but anyways without delay let's get into today's episode as i said getting out of your own way because we as individuals in the 21st century, we are absolute fuckers for getting in our own way, for coming up with every possible excuse why we can't get something done or why we can't prioritize ourselves. In fact, I battle on a weekly basis. In fact, correction, I battle on a daily basis with people that are constantly prioritizing other people. If you are a parent, then you are one of the worst people for doing this because let's face it, the kids always come first. And as much as that's important, as much as it is a priority to ensure that we are prioritizing our children, we shouldn't do it at the detriment of ourselves. Case in point, Thursday is a quiet day in the house. Therefore, Thursday is the morning where I get podcasts recorded, etc., because it's the easier opportunity to do so. However, this morning, sat about two feet from me as I record this, is my little boy, William, because William's got a bad earache. And so I was a bit tearful this morning, so it was probably not a good idea to send him into school. Would have ended up getting the dreaded phone call probably about 30 minutes after I dropped him off to say, could you come and get him? He's not feeling very well. So William instead is sat there comfortably next to me while I'm recording this. But as much as he is my priority, you know, I've made sure he's fed, he's watered, <laughs> he's medicined. Uh, I need to make sure I still prioritize the stuff that's important to me and ultimately important to you guys. So as much as this is a small scale example, it's an example nonetheless that we can make our kids a priority but we can ensure that it doesn't derail what we're up to. Now, granted, this is a very niche circumstance. Obviously, there's a million and one different ways that this could go and a million and one different ways in your life how it could go. And kids aren't the only avenue for what we're going to be exploring. So if you don't have kids yet, then don't worry. Plenty of this podcast is for you as well. <laughs> but like I said, family, kids, commitment, etc. these things often get in the way. Sometimes at the worst possible opportunity, I was looking forward to going to the gym after dropping the uh, the kids off at school this morning, but that, I mean, actually literally dropping off at school, by the way, not the other definition of dropping the kids off. <laughs> Although to be fair, that's always advisable to do that before you go to the gym. <laughs> Anyways, I won't sully this podcast any deeper. So 
The other thing that tends to get in our way quite comprehensively is work. And I think I battle this one just as much as, probably more actually, in terms of the thing that gets in people's way. You know, I've not been able to do that. Work's been crazy, particularly those that run their own businesses. It's one of those situations where we're always putting work first. And this has always been the case ever since we began our working life. We've realized that the harder we work, then to a certain degree, the more we're rewarded with pay rises, promotions, etc. Obviously, we don't want to get shouted at by the boss and we don't want to lose our jobs. But the problem is, there is always more blood to come from the stone when it comes to work. Now, I'm speaking from someone that has worked for people for a very long time and also now someone that runs their own business. There is always more blood that wants to be drawn from the stone. It's easy for me. I mean, I could be on a, a 24-7 Facebook Live. I could be available 24-7, which to be honest, I pretty much am. And there will always be someone that needs me. Always someone that's asking for help. A little bit like the kids. So if you combine all of the clients I work with, if you combine all of my children, I am never left to my own devices. So it's more important, instead of waiting for work, instead of waiting for life to leave me to my own devices, which to be fair is rarely going to happen, as mentioned, it's much more prevalent, realistic and sensible for me to be in control of my own existence because yes the people I look after after sorry are my priority my children are my priority everything in my life basically that makes it run synergistically is a priority and I'm not saying that anybody listens to this podcast those things aren't a priority but the point I'm trying to get across is that they will run regardless of what you do and if you look at your working situation with the amount of work you have to do if you work harder you will be given more work and this is the thing we have to balance we have to understand that more blood will always be drawn from the stone if you get all your work done congratulations you'll find something else or your boss colleagues whatever will find something else for you if i box off everything that i need to do there is a plethora of jobs that i could get my teeth into which is the way of running your own business so you have to ask yourself if this is how it's going to be for the majority of your life, you know, with the exception of perhaps the first 15, 16 years before we got that first job, and then working until, what, 70, 80? So the majority of your life, you're going to be working, be it for yourself, be it for other people, be it a combination of the two. If that's the case, doesn't it make a lot more sense for us to take charge of work, for us to take charge of our workload and our response to work now the point i'm getting at here is i know that a lot of you aren't in a position to be able to control what you do but your work output will govern the work you get going forwards if you are incredibly efficient i mean hell anybody listening to this which is one of those people in the office which is the go-to person the person that gets everything done the person that is ruthlessly driven who gets a piece of work, cracks on with it, gets it done as fast and efficiently as possible, effectively, of course, and then gets another piece of work, etc. And you're the person in the office that everybody comes to. Guess what? You're going to be working way harder than they are. Yet, you're probably going to be rewarded in a very similar way. 
Now, I'm not telling you to half-ass. I am not telling you to take a back seat. All I am saying to you is that the harder you work, the harder you will have to work. And the more you will have to work. Because there is always work that can come your way. So you must begin controlling your own attitude, relationship, and outlook of your work rather than waiting for it to find you a gap. Because that will rarely happen. If you're working for a boss, of course they're going to want to get the best out of you. A, it's what they're paying you for. And B, it's what you're there for. But also you need to understand if you're running your own business, the same rules apply. If you are twiddling your thumbs, it's very, very rare that you're going to be twiddling your thumbs and go, cool, I'll put my feet up now. You might from time to time, but the rest of the time, you're going to plow yourself deep into the next project or the next thing to do because there's always something to do. So as I said, we need to begin controlling our own attitude towards work, our own relationship with it. We need to start within reason controlling our own diaries and the same thing goes for family and kids like I said with William here next to me and with the general I suppose how the last five years has gone for me and Rach as parents we have had to drastically evolve adapt and tweak how we live because we've got a lot of kids and that's a lot of demands on our time a lot of people that can't necessarily feed and water themselves and for the you know, a decent period of time, they couldn't even use their own toilet habits. Trying to think of a good way of putting that without sullying the podcast further. The point is, there are plenty of dependents, plenty of things that we could be getting on with. I mean, as I sit here, grass needs cutting, chores need doing, etc. And it's one of those things where there will always be something to do. And so if you want an excuse not to prioritize yourself, you'll always find one. And we all have commitments. We all have shit that we need to do. As I said, kids, work, family, household, even washing the fucking car. Christ, we've been moved, what, nearly a month now? No, it is a month. And I haven't even washed the car since I've been here. Seriously, what the hell is wrong with me? But there's been other priorities, other stuff that I've had to shove up the to-do list. So there's the question. If I've prioritized all of the other things I needed to do, such as building wardrobes and settling us into our new home, then if I'm able to prioritize those things over washing the car, which is still, you know, pretty high on my priority list, then surely we all must be able to do this with our lives, with our attitudes, etc. And in all honesty, that's not a question. That's a statement. We can do it. We just choose not to. Because you do make things a priority that you want to make a priority. Formula One is a great example for me with that one. I will move heaven and fucking earth (laughs) to ensure that... William can't hear me, by the way. um, To ensure that I watch my Formula One because it's important to me. And the majority of the time, I'm with my granddad when we're watching it, and it's become our tradition. So, yeah, there is not a lot that will get in the way of it. I will negotiate my work commitments around it. I'll negotiate the kids' dinner around it. There's nothing will get in the way of it, because it's only a few hours in the whole of the year, uh, 24-ish. No, it's probably a little bit more than that, to be fair. But, like I said... It's one of those things which I make a priority. 
And a lot of you listening to this will find that strange. You'll be like, why in God's name are you moving heaven and earth just to watch some cars go round and round a circle for a couple of hours? But it's important to me and it's something that I enjoy and it's a passion of mine. Now, the same thing goes for exercise and fitness. I often get the question, Moisey, why the hell do you get up at five, six o'clock in the morning? Because sometimes I don't have a choice. Trying to get my exercise done at other times of the day becomes increasingly difficult. I mean, today, case in point, I moved my exercise to 9 a.m. and look what happens. A a curveball gets thrown my way. So what did I learn this morning? It's probably not a good idea to move my exercise away from a time which is pretty much set in stone. Like I said, I try to adapt something, life throws me a curveball. Now, of course, with something like this, it'd be easy to throw my toys out of the pram, be easy to get the arm going, oh man, I haven't got my exercise done. But again, adapting. Once Rachel gets home later, before school run this afternoon, I'll probably go and have a workout. One of those things. But I've learned for the future that to not rely on the fact of, oh, 9am is going to be free, because it may not be. And it goes back to the very reason that I started training at five, six six o'clock in the morning anyway. And this was, Christ, when the triplets were babies. In fact, yeah, pretty much just as they were born, I was training at that time of the morning. And the reason is because at that time, there's not a huge amount of demand on me. Clients don't necessarily need me at that time of day. The kids definitely don't need me at that time of day, unless, of course, they've had a bad night or they're awake earlier, they're not feeling well, etc. And then, again, another curveball. There's pretty much no moments in your life which are going to be 100% undisturbed, unfaltering. But at the same time, you can be a realist. And so, going forwards on a Thursday, I need to be a realist to understand that Okay, sometimes you're going to be able to move things around, but you're better off sticking to your normal schedule because shit happens, as per where the phrase comes from in the first place. And that brings me actually quite nicely onto the next thing that we see as non-negotiables, and that's our downtime. As I said, I mentioned Formula One a second ago, but we've got things like the amount of time we spend on our phones, Things like the amount of time we spend watching television, Netflix, etc. in the evening. I spend a lot of time on YouTube. And believe it or not, I'm even going to include sleep in there. Because you'll be amazed how many people go, no, there's no possible way that I can get up at 6 o'clock in the morning, for example. There's no possible way that I can negotiate my sleep. But the fact is, you can. We adjust. We are very adaptable beings. It's not a case of you're born and as you're going down the conveyor belt towards the stalk, and yes, I am very well aware that is not scientifically accurate. It's not like you're handed out going, okay, uh, John, you're going to be given 12 hours sleep. That's how much you need. Uh, Edith, you're going to be given two hours sleep. That's all you need. Congratulations. Uh, And yep, Jessica, you're only going to need six hours sleep. That's not how it works. Sleep is adapted in relation to its necessity. And what I mean by that is depending on what you do for a living and depending on your body's reaction and your age and lots of other factors, nutritional factors come into that too, depends on how much sleep you need. As we get older, we need less sleep. When we're younger, we need more sleep. Hence why babies, etc. sleep a shitload more than we do as we get older. Ironically, as we get really old, we start to sleep even more, even though it's potentially not needed. However, 
I digress. My point being is that as much as you believe, no, 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 I need nine hours, etc., and your experience of I must have nine hours because I remember this one week or few days where I only had five hours and I was absolutely knackered is misleading because your circadian rhythm is adaptable. It depends on your life. I mean, case in point, you get less sleep in the summer than you do in the winter, but you don't notice because, oh, the sun is shining. It's lovely. So it's one of those things that we need to understand that we mustn't get locked into the mindset of, I must have nine hours. I must have 12 hours. We are adaptable. And so shaving an hour or two off of that time, being consistent with it and allowing your body time to adapt going through the transitional period of, I'm a bit knackered, then can be advantageous. If you want to find an extra couple of hours in your day, congratulations, you just found them. And if that couple of hours is a consistent thing that you're finding every single day, then congratulations, you've just found basically 60 hours in your month. 60 bloody hours, two hours per day is what you've just found of your life back. Now, if we divide that and give or take the four hours per day just to make the maths easy, you've essentially just found three extra days of existence per month. 60 hours divided by three comes to about 20 hours. And I know, like I said, give or take the four, etc. But you've basically just found another three days of life. Now tell me that you can't fit in exercise. Now tell me that you can't fit in the things that you want to do. Now, granted, some of you may be getting up early already, so you may have heard that and gone, well, that's nonsensical for me because I'm already up at sparrow farts o'clock. But again, it depends on your life, depends on your existence, etc. My job is to simply get you, as the listener, to ask questions of yourself. Screen time on your phones is another great example of this. Now, I know you can get it on Android as well, um, but again, I'm, I've got iPhone in mind simply because it's just what I use and it's what I'm familiar with. But you can get a clear, tangible picture of not only how much time you're spending on your phone, but also how much time you're spending on specific apps on your phone. So if you're sat there going, I haven't got time to track my food, then just have a look at how much time you're spending on Facebook. A site or app, sorry, a social media, which unless like me, you use it for your business, then yeah, you're wasting a whole lot of your life, but then complaining that you don't have enough of your life. Maybe a good idea to regulate your usage of Facebook. Something simple like take it off your phone, have it just on your iPad at home or just on your desktop PC. So you only use Facebook when you choose to use Facebook. Turning off notifications is another magic one that I think I've mentioned so many times on these podcasts, but one of the best things I ever did was turn off notifications on my phone so that my phone is not pestering me like a small child. I've got enough of them to do that. It is instead... I will choose when I want to use it. And like I said, this is someone that uses social media for their business. I choose when I'm going to use social media as opposed to the other way around. So have a look at your screen time. If you don't have enough time in your life, then get out of your own way by reducing your usage of certain apps. And the beautiful thing about Apple, which again, I'm damn sure Android probably do this too, is you can set limits. So you can get your phone to remind you when you exceed a certain time frame on a certain social media app. Case in point, if you're spending five hours a day on Facebook, then you can set a screen time limit of four hours. You know, small steps, baby steps, so that when it gets to four hours, your phone goes, Oi, you've been on Facebook for four hours, you cheeky shit, off you get. 
And so you could begin to self-regulate. Again, baby steps. Don't suddenly jump jump from using it for six hours. All of a sudden think you're going to use it for one because be realistic. There's a reason you're on it for six hours. And there's a reason you're on it in the first place. It's called dopamine. That's something you need to gradually change as opposed to go cold turkey. Otherwise, like an addict, you'll soon find that you don't respond particularly well for it and how you're feeling, your mood uh, and other elements of your life. Anyways, moving on. We love Netflix. Rachel and I are a big fan of chilling out in the evening watching TV. Um, bit of Netflix, you know, any kind of series we enjoy. We've watched most. <laughs> it's our thing in the evenings. It's our downtime. However, that's not to say that that is something we have to do every night. I mean, I work a lot of evenings uh, with classes and with catching up with clients and my groups, etc. Because funnily enough, the majority of people are available in the evenings. Who knew, eh? Doing a live in the middle of the day on a Tuesday, not actually the best time to do it. <laughs> Anyways, my point being that we don't do it every night. And there's a joke there. And fucking hell, where am I going with this one? Sorry, <laughs> I'm really sully in this particular episode. Anyways, what I'm saying is, if you are the kind of person that's locked into, I must watch TV every night, or you know, with me with my YouTube, I must catch up with my subscriptions every night, then you're potentially limiting yourself in what you're able to do. There is time available for you. And again, so a lot of people that are TV watchers, that are YouTube watchers, etc., if exercise is the thing that you're struggling to fit in, then why not whack your iPad on the treadmill at the gym and say to yourself that I'm only going to catch up with the latest episode of uh, Lucifer. It's back next this week, by the way. Um, yeah, I'm only going to catch up with the latest episode of Lucifer on the treadmill. The only place I'm allowed to watch it is on the treadmill. Therefore, not only will you be inclined to get on the treadmill, but also you will then be killing two birds with one stone. You're not missing out and you're getting your exercise done win-win. Again, one example, plenty of different ways you could take this, but like I said, an idea and some ideas for you to be able to figure out what you can do with regards to your day-to-day -day routines. So loads and loads of different things that we've touched on. We've touched on work, we've touched on kids, commitments, houses, and what you've got to do with chores and you know stuff like that, running households. And then we've touched on downtime as well. All the things that we use to get in our way, all of the things that we place in our own way. I can't do X because all of the above is in the way. And hopefully, in this episode so far, I have been able to just make you think about these excuses you're using yourself, uh, using for yourself, because that's exactly what they are. You know, don't get me wrong. As I've mentioned on pretty much every one of them, I am, I do it to myself as well. However, if there's something that is important to me, like getting to the gym, exercising, etc., then I will make sure that I negotiate my own diary around that. Because when it comes to what you're trying to do from a transformation perspective, the mental side in particular, but transformation with your nutritional approach, you know, tweaking the way that you eat, um, transformation from a movement perspective, self-monitoring, all of these things need to be done 
with the mindset of lifelong. You can't just say to yourself, well, I'm gonna go to gym for a couple of months and then jobs are good and or, yeah, you know what, I'm just gonna eat right for a couple of months and then jobs are good and because A, welcome to the dieting mentality is exactly what that is. But B, you need to understand as well that your body will revert to type, will revert to how it was previously once you finish doing these things. Adapting your nutrition, adapting your approach to movement, and adapting your approach to keeping an eye on what you're doing with self-monitoring, maybe you know jumping on the scales, using my fitness pal, step trackers, etc. All of these things, and then of course the mental benefits that come with it, need to be approached with a lifelong perspective. And this is why we need to make sustainable changes rather than making optimistic or intense ones. Dieting does have its place. However, we need to understand that for, to make the results stick, and to ensure that we don't go backwards, then we need to make sure that we elope these things into our life from a lifelong perspective. I'm going to do these and I'm going to keep doing them forevermore. Therefore, if you bring extreme dieting into the fold or extreme exercise, chances are it's not going to fall under that category of I'm going to do it and keep doing it forevermore. We need to make sure, again, we take a sustainable and consistent approach to these changes as opposed to I'm just going to do them for a bit. Otherwise, like I said, you'll get what you've always got. You'll get a result, you'll lose it, do it again, get a result, lose it. And every time things will get worse and worse from a mental perspective and things get harder and harder because they do get harder as you get older. Even at the grand old age of 33, I'm noticing that. <laughs> so I suppose my advice to you as we bring this podcast to a close is I've touched previously how I'm not a religious man. But I remember back at school, and we got taught about God. And we got taught about how he made the world in seven days. And I always pictured this bloke stood in space with essentially like a desk in front of him. And he had all of these ingredients, all of these different things, etc. And over the course of the seven days, he began building the world, universe, etc. Uh, also, the story goes. And... I imagine when he said, you know, let there be light, etc. He turned on his light, he could see his desk and then he could get to work, etc. Now, my point being with this is that I want you to imagine that in your world, in your life, with work, with kids, commitment, downtime, everything I've mentioned. I want you to imagine that you are God. And you, you're God. <laughs> I am God here. <laughs> you know what I mean. My point being, I want you to imagine that you are the master of your own creation. And that you are starting from scratch. And I want you to look at your routines. And there are several non-negotiables in there. You've got to look after the kids. Bad stuff happens if you don't. You've got to go to work. Bad stuff happens if you don't. You've got to look after yourself. Bad stuff happens if you don't. You know how this is going. But my point is, you're the master of your own creation in the sense of how you format your week and how you shape your world and how you shape your diary. And first, all of that needs to come from your attitude, your outlook. You need to be sat in that position on day one, in the dark, with your desk somewhere in front of you, <laughs> You need to go, right, let there be light. Shed some light on the whole project. 
And then you need to be in a position where you're like, I actually want to make a difference. I actually want to elope these things into my life. I want to find a better balance. Because if you're sat there and you're like, I'm quite content with my life. I'm quite content with my routine. It's probably not a good exercise for you to do. But if you're sat there wanting to transform, wanting to change the reasons that you gained weight, the reasons why you're unhappy, the reason why you're not confident, the reason why life has a little bit of a darker tone to it, then my advice to you is to follow this approach. Start from scratch and start looking at what an ideal life and an ideal day looks like to you. And I mean realistic. I don't mean fucking Lamborghini sat on the driveway, supermodel, partner. I mean, looking at the life that you have built, what needs to change? What needs to be adapted? What needs to be tweaked? What needs to be left alone? And find some balance. Because yes, you need to chill out in front of Netflix and spend time with your partner. Yes, you need takeaways in your existence. Yes, you need to go to work. You need to look after the kids. And I'm sorry, but yes, you do need to move. You do need to exercise. You do need to be mindful of the food you put in your mouth. You need to do all of these things. So instead of doing 70 or 60% of them and disregarding the shit that's really fucking important, the shit that if you don't do, then you're not going to be able to do anything for very long because your life expectancy is going to be incredibly short or you're going to have a pretty piss poor quality of life because other factors are going to come into play with regards to your health, then we need to start looking at what we can adapt. All of these things have to be done, but in what ratio are we going to do them for your world, your existence, etc.? And of course, I would be remiss to not mention that discussion and compromise with the people around you is key. You can't just say, right, sorry the kids are fucking screaming, sorry that dinner's got to be made, the washing needs to be done, and that you know everything else needs to be sorted out. I'm going to the gym. Bye. <laughs> you can't you can't just take that approach. There's got to be some compromise. And as I go back to what I was saying earlier with regards to the reason William is off, uh, just to let you know, by the way, he has now moved. <laughs> He's in the other room. But you need to understand that adaptation needs to be factored in in the sense of you are going to have to adapt to what you're doing from time to time. You're going to have to be a realist and understand that you cannot be locked into a routine or schedule because shit changes. What instead you need to do is be realistic. And to be honest, to give you an example of this, this is one of the reasons why I say to people, don't train seven days a week. If you're going to exercise, at most factor it in for five days of the week. If you end up doing more than that and it's a pretty clear week and you've got like a sixth day you want to do something, no, that's cool. But don't factor in to do that. Give yourself a quota. And if you want to overachieve on the quota, that's cool. But give yourself a minimum requirement. The reason for that is if you've got five days of exercise in the week and you've got two days off, well, the good news is if something, if a curveball is thrown your way on a day where you planned to exercise, then you can very, very easily adapt. You can very, very easily go, oh, it's fine. I won't train today. I will do it another day. I've got two days of wiggle room in the week. So I'd encourage you to take that attitude to pretty much everything that you do. Give yourself a little bit of wiggle room for when time gets tricky, for when life gets tricky, gets in the way, etc. Because it will. promise you it will. Some, some people more than most, some time, some periods more than most. And it's important that we are aware of that. But work as a family. Work as a unit. But alongside that, don't lose sight of yourself. 
because you're not just here to work, pay bills and die. You're not just here to raise little people and just become a blobby mess yourself. You're not just here to do all of the elements that life brings us or 21st century life brings us and lose sight of you. Because life is not what you have around you. Life, and particularly a good quality of life, comes from how you feel about yourself and that life around you. It's not about just having a load of kids that you can't fucking stand, a husband that you hate, a job that you hate, and an existence which is shite. That's not life. That's certainly not living. It's about contentment, and contentment can only come from within. It's about loving that life, enjoying that life. And the only way you're going to do that is to make the changes outlined in this episode, plus many more. So folks, there we go. Episode 53. Get out of your own way. And I will see you on episode 54. And the final thing that I will mention, uh, as I've mentioned on quite a few podcasts previously, but it's particularly prevalent, I would say, on this one, given the subject matter, is that there's going to be a lot of things in your life which are negotiable, a lot of things that aren't. There's going to be a lot of things where the timing of them can change and a lot of things where the timing of them can't change. There's going to be a lot of things you're able to adapt and a lot of things that you're not able to adapt where you have to compromise what you do. And that's pretty normal. As I said, I couldn't go to the gym this morning, but that doesn't mean I'm not going to go to the gym. And so my advice for you in terms of clearing your mind, creating a realistic, rational plan into how you want to live your life because this isn't your partner's life or your kid's life. This is yours. And at the end of the day, if you're happy, they'll be happy because happiness is infectious. Then I would encourage you to do this. Accept everything in your life that you cannot change. The non-negotiables. Have the courage to change all of the elements that you can and want to and the wisdom to know the difference between those things. Because banging your head against a brick wall, trying to change or trying to adjust something which cannot be adjusted or moved is a one-way trip to depression and for fuck's sake world. And obviously, non-achievement of the life that you want. So do recognize elements that can't change, which are, to be fair, few and far between. There's usually most circumstances you can adapt. But understand that there are going to be certain things which aren't able to be adjusted and therefore your attitude towards them must be adjusted by accepting that they cannot change. And like I said, have the courage to change the things that you can. And rather than me just saying that at the end of every episode, make sure you follow through on it, okay? So do me a favor, folks. If you listen to this one, let me know. In whatever guise you want to let me know. If you want to just send me a hashtag that says hashtag 53. Um, if you want to just say great podcast. If you want to say shit podcast, Moisey. Seriously, stop recording them. You're a knob. Uh, then you're welcome to send that across too. No such thing as bad feedback. <laughs> but folks, like I said, I'll see you on the next one. Appreciate your time as always. And if you do have time to leave a review on iTunes, would very, very much appreciate it. Or even better, share this podcast with a friend. Toodles. <laughs>